G'day everyone, this is Rita Joyan and welcome to the Unbox Your Gift podcast, how to turn a passion into a profession. Now the whole premise of our podcast is to show you step by step how others have turned a passion and have literally, realistically turned that into a profession. And today's one is really breaking down. If you've ever thought, you know, I'd love to start a yoga studio, I'd love to just be able to do this somewhere, create a center for something. My guest today has done that and has done that in an Australian who has gone and done that in Bali, Indonesia. So my guest today is Kate Reardon. She's the co-founder and managing director of Natural Healing Instinct, an internationally acclaimed and award-winning private detox health and wellness retreat in Bali. Sounds so good. <laughs> She's also the host of the ever-popular Lean In podcast. She has a best-selling book, The Essential Cleanse, The Ultimate Guide to Unlocking the Potential to Dramatically Heal from the Inside Out. As a qualified practitioner of naturopathy, nutritional medicine, an intuitive metaphysical healer, yoga teacher, and devoted mummy, Kate regularly speaks and runs workshops across the world. And I'm so excited. Kate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's so such an honor to be here with you, oh, Rita. It's my absolute honor to have you here because you've got this beautiful Bali glow on you. You know, you've got sun in Canberra. I'm pretty I have the on. And I'm looking at you going like summery dress. And I'm like, oh uh, yeah, it is, it is, it's hot and sweaty. So the glow might turn to sweat very soon. <laughs> well, I want to, I want like I start with every guest, I start with a vulnerability, I start with a failure so that we get to really because you're here on the podcast because you've arrived you're achieving but to really break it down I'd love for you to share with us a failure that you've had on this journey yeah so I think I've had so many first of all I mean you know it's hard to pick only one to be honest because my whole career trajectory has been um trial and error and within that has been so many failures but I think the biggest thing that I learned really early on in my career was um, don't force or push your agenda onto people and so I'm in the health and wellness industry um, like you mentioned I'm a, a naturopathic practitioner and I'm a nutritionist and I'm also a um, intuitive healer and so that can be a pretty woo-woo out there conversation for most people. And when I was starting out, I was like, everyone's got to do this and you've got to do that and you've got to do your yoga and your green juice. And I was so adamant that it had to be, you know, a certain way for health and wellness to arise within people. Yeah. And I just, I, I think I was a little bit gung-ho. I was so excited. I was fresh out of university as well. And I just wanted, I really wanted the world to be healthy. Like I was so mission driven and I still am. But looking back now, I, people can only really work with you, whatever industry you're in, across, across any level when they're really ready. And when you have that commitment from your clients, whether it's on a health journey or whether it's, you know, a coaching program or, or whatever, it's just so much easier. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't like a specific failure moment, but it was just, it was a really big thing that took me a couple of years to learn. If, if, 
the, the more that you can stand up in your power, but also be really willing for those other people to meet you at the right space where they are as well. Beautiful, beautiful. So you're, you've been in Bali for a long time. You created this retreat where you work with royal family members, celebrities, and even hostage negotiators. I'm going to get, get to that because that's really intriguing. <laughs> like, what was that? Like, of all things. So yeah. you work with a great whole host of people. I want to know, you left Australia with $70 with a one-way ticket. Number one, 10 years ago, number one, what prompted you to go anywhere with $70 only in your pocket? <laughs> um, that's probably more of a conversation of over a wine at a bar, really. No, I'm just kidding. It's, um, I, I was working in Australia when I graduated and I had a really successful um, health clinic on the Gold Coast. My, um, and I mean successful in, in terms of um, people coming in. My, my books were really full. So I was in a multi-modality clinic. So there was a chiropractor, an integrative doctor, acupuncturist, and I was the um, naturopath nutritionist. And I was so excited, Rita, because it was my dream. It was like, I've, I've got my degrees, you know, I'm, I'm in the dream that I've worked so hard to be. And I was really depressed. It was, it was a really hard time because I, I finally got everything that I'd been visioning and working so hard for all of those years. And when I reached that moment, it wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be. And I was trying so hard to make myself happy and, and really, um, you know, content mm. with arriving at that place, but it just, it just wasn't the case. And so I, um, I had to really break the mold and break that old identity that I'd created for myself. And so the biggest thing that that taught me was, okay, well, if it's not going to be this way and it's not, I'm not happy on the path that I've carved out for myself within this square box that everyone has put me in, then I'm going to need to take some really big risks and I'm going to need to be okay with being really uncomfortable. And so I just started flexing those muscles really early on. And um, so coming to Bali with the dream and $70, it didn't actually seem that crazy to me, but it was stupid and insane to everyone around me. But I was like, this doesn't work. Something else will. And I kind of, I think the climate's changed a lot in entrepreneurship. This was, you know, a decade ago. I didn't have a plan B. It was like, you know, do or die kind of thing. I was like, this has to work. There is no other option. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it was that drive that um, my belief in myself that I think was my biggest ally in being able to do that. Okay, beautiful. So let me just take you back one step. I've got two questions there. The first one is when you had worked so hard to get into the health and wellness space and then you finally arrived, what was it that didn't quite click for you? Like what was it because you had arrived at your dream job profession, you had a successful clinic in terms of you were getting clients coming in, so you know your work was needed. What was it that didn't gel for you? It just didn't feel like I was in my fullest power as a woman to really serve using all of my gifts. So these, these people would come in, a clients, and I'd have them for an hour, which is way longer than you see a doctor. Mm -hmm. I mean, a doctor in Australia is anywhere between three and seven minutes. Yes, yes. And so, and so 
but even an hour, it wasn't long enough for me because we'd, we'd break, go through their diet and I'd ask them about their family and their habits and their behaviors and things like that. And, and they'd leave. And I was feeling this dissatisfaction in, oh, I really wanted to share that recipe. Or when he spoke about his brother, there was a nerve there. And I feel like that's related to something going on within his chest. And it just, I just didn't feel like I was serving in my best way. I was still getting really good results. People were coming back. I was totally booked out, but it just, there was, it was more of a internal, I know that there is something better. Mm. And so, um, what that led me to was what I do now, which is retreats. And, and the questions I was asking myself back then was, well, if I'm not meant to be, and I, and I also wanted to be out in nature. I wanted to be barefoot. I wanted to really sit with people in their pain and hold their hand and pass them tissues. Like I really wanted to go deep and I just couldn't do that within the clinic setting that I was. Okay. And, um, so yeah, I just asked myself, well, if this isn't it, then, then what do I want? And the biggest thing that I wanted with people was time, more time to really dive in deep into, into their journey. I'm so curious about human potential, about human behaviors, and I just wanted more time with people. So that's, that's essentially one of the biggest driving forces that broke that mold. So then, and that's just beautiful insight and self-awareness about yourself that you pinned it down that I need more time, but I'm not gaining it from this clinic because it's a different structure. So it's 70 bucks. Yeah. You're on your way to Bali. Everyone else is going, you're insane. You're going, no, no, <laughs> I'm going to make it work. <laughs> but maybe not that accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you're on a plane, you get to Bali. What's the first thing you do? Like, are you now working on building this center? Is that, or you're trying to just find a job just to stay... I survive. So I, I was working in Thailand at a health retreat in Koh Samui for 18 months before I came to Bali. Okay. So I really loved the retreat industry. People were coming to see me. I had seven days with them, 14 days with them, sometimes 21 days with them. It was a beautiful retreat center right on the beach. And, um, and I was able to, you know, teach yoga and run meditation and do workshops and kitchen classes and all that fun stuff. So that is where the seed of retreats really um, started blossoming, I guess. And, and I just loved that work. It was also a time when there wasn't that many around. Now it feels like, you know, every man and his dog is running a retreat across multiple industries, which I think is great. But, you know, 15 years ago, it was, it was still quite rare to even see it in the health industry. So um, I was invited to come to Bali by someone who I'd met in Thailand. And they said, look, we want you to um, come and write a detox program for our space. You can, you can do whatever you want. You can use the whole, he had like a, it was a 20 bedroom um, facility in Bali. And so that was the draw card to come to Bali. I, um, as soon as I walked in the place, it was just a no. Like I just knew within, three seconds. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn it. I really wanted this to work. But Bali just captivated me from the moment I stood on the ground at the airport. I was just like, this place has something really special. And so um, 
I said to the guy who's now one of my closest friends, I said, look, this isn't going to work in this place. Um, it just doesn't feel good. I want to be really honest and really transparent with you. I'm not the person for this job, but I really want to stay in Bali. And he was like, well, let's make that happen. So um, it was kind of just really meant to be in those in those early startup weeks, I was literally borrowing juices from people. I was borrowing yoga mats. I was um, just kind of hustling in a way that I'm like, hey, so I'm trying to run this thing. And have you got any idea? But it, it was it was a real destiny piece because I just kept meeting the right people at exactly the right time. I remember being in this cafe one day and I was with a friend of mine and I said to her, um, I wasn't a qualified yoga teacher at the time. And I said, look, I really need a yoga teacher. I need someone that can really work with people, different bodies, not, not like just athletic yoga, but really soft, beautiful, open flowing yoga. And this lady literally came up and tapped me on the shoulder and she was like, that's me. I can do that. She worked with us for maybe five years. Um, the next, the next day I went and checked out a villa and I happened to, meet the massage therapist there, who's a Balinese husband and wife. And they said, look, we'll give you a massage for free. If you like us, we'd love to help. And if not, doesn't matter. He's still my massage therapist, like over 10 years later. So I think that if you're in the right space at the right time, the universe just conspires to, to help and support you. And I definitely felt that. Wow, that's incredible. Okay, I wanna dive deeper into that. Because you are an intuitive metaphysical, what does that mean? An intuitive metaphysical healer. What does that specifically mean? So we are more than just our physical body, right? We're more than this, this flesh, muscle and bone, and we're more than these crazy monkey mind in, inside, our, inside our head. And I, and I feel like tapping into our spirit, our soul is the missing link in health because when mostly when people are looking at their health, they're only addressing the physical level. Mm -hmm. And that is literally one third of what makes up who we are and what, what we can do in this, in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. So for me, that soul piece, the mind, body, spirit, it's always been such a um, pivotal part. And I, I would say the missing link in a, in a lot of people's journeys. I'm, I'm a healer and I'm an intuitive healer. So it's not a modality that I'm actually trained in. I can see energy. I've had it ever since I was a child. And so I've always just seen, um, you know, different colors and things around people. I've, I've been connected to the spirit world ever since I was little. I get lots of messages and I'm able to tap into that part of a person um, just very, very easily. So, so when my clients come to me, I look at their biochemistry, I look at their body, I look at what's happening on that level. We go on the mental level, you know, what subconscious beliefs are there, what self-sabotaging patterns, why do you keep getting stuck in that loop? And then we also go into the realm of spirit and soul. What are you here to do? Are you really happy? You know, and, and so combining all of that has been... Um, yeah, it's been my, my work. Okay. Well, there's no wonder that you're able to exude that energy of what you want and those things come back in because you're very well tapped into 
that intuitive side of yours, obviously, because you are, you, you do that for a living. If you were going to give advice, because I'm just curious for myself, if you were going to give advice of how to tune in more and become more insightful, is there anything that you could say to us to do, be able to optimize that in ourselves? Oh, absolutely. I think the biggest one is you need to make space for that voice. You know, we really numb that voice out a lot. Um, we listen and believe everything that goes on inside our own heads. And usually that can be old past conditioning or fear or, you know, it's not always the right thing. Underlying beliefs of I'm not good enough or I can't do that because I don't have enough money or I'm not smart enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not pretty enough. You know, whatever happens in the head is it's crazy up there, you know, and we all have this internal dialogue going on. So it's really about um, not stopping that internal dialogue because it's, un it's my understanding and my belief that it never goes away, but it's about making room for this other voice to come through. And that's the voice of intuition, which every single person has, mm -hmm. and you have to make space for it. And so, um, I always say to people, you know, like, what is it that, that slows down that loud voice that runs the show and normally has the microphone and allows you to touch the softer, quieter voice underneath? And it's different for everyone. So for me, it's, it's yoga and meditation. Uh, for my husband, it's surfing. Mm. It could be dancing or cooking or spending time in nature or being around animals or just a beautiful piece of music. But whatever gets you out of that, like, rah, crazy, yeah. um, you know, rat race of a mind that happens and allows you to drop into a more open and expansive state, that's, that's where your intuition lives. And you've just got to spend the time and space to connect with it. So do you, and I'm, I'm going to get really like, you know, like logical here. So, so, so forgive me if it's becoming too, like, I'll oh, come on, Rita, just go with the flow. Do you make no. time in your calendar? Like, I'm, and I'm being serious here. Because yeah. I personally get so wrapped up with go, 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 that I, I would need to space out. This is the block where I just have to spend time with just sitting with myself. Like, is that what you would recommend? Definitely. If that works for you, definitely. It's really hard to go in the flow, you know, um, and, and what I mean by that is, oh, I'm feeling a little bit intuitive. I might just sit here and, you know, I, my, my life doesn't look like that. I'm, I'm running a business. Mm -hmm. I've a very busy, I'm a working mummer. I'm living abroad. It, it, it's not like I just tapped in and flow with everything all the time. So I do, I carve out time for myself um, and I do it in 15 minute chunks because I feel like that's really achievable, especially for us as women or anyone that's overcommitted or overwhelmed. Sometimes if you think, oh, I've got to sit there for an hour, it just becomes a lot. It feels like a lot. And that's not the point. The point is to really just rest and, and, come back into your, um, your body and your breath and just be in the present moment. And so I do two 15 minute chunks. Um, in, like in the morning, I'll do 15 minutes. In the afternoon, I'll do 15 minutes. They're literally in my calendar. I get an alarm on my phone when it's that mindfulness time. And then every other chance that I get, I will grab it. So, um, but yeah, for sure. I think it's, I think it's the only way it can get done, yeah. in all honesty. Absolutely. Yeah. 
because you were saying before you're you're a mummy already with two beautiful babies and now you're pregnant with baby number three so yeah that in itself just like you know you need some space to just be pregnant and just feel that's right you know like what are, yes that come with being pregnant let me ask you this now when you started your business so you worked in the retreat you realized that that's something that you really want to do please step us through how did natural instinct healing the center how did that now come around and how did you for example get the financing for that how did you find a place for that how did you now start to market so give us the step by step of how that all worked out yeah so i um i was with my business partner at the time becky who we met in thailand we just had this vision i just wanted to create a place where people can come to heal whatever that meant for them, whether they wanted to learn about nutrition or yoga or meditate or just literally sit in their room and cry and journal for 10 days. Like it didn't matter, but I wanted to create a safe space because I was looking around and I'm like, there's, there's not much there. Mm -hmm. There were really high end detox retreats that you had to basically have a private jet to afford back then. Um, or, or you were kind of just going to classes and, and seeing practitioners in that old paradigm of one hour sessions. And so um, we had a really strong vision and my husband, he was, um, he was with me, but he was freelancing for a corporate company back in Australia. And he started to really get the bug as well. He was um, seeing what was happening on the retreats and, and, you know, he'd experienced what was happening. He was in the corporate world and he came out of that very, very burnt out, Mm. completely um, adrenally fatigued, like so many people go through. Mm. And he was like, there needs to be a space. And so the first thing was really getting a team around me that supported the vision and that could hold that vision themselves as well was really important. And then um, from my time in Thailand, I'd met so many people. I still had a really good client base back in Australia. So I started creating a list and just would, would email people and say, look, I'm in Bali now, this is my vision, this is what I really wanna do. And people just started booking in. Mm-hmm. And it, it was beautiful because it was this, um, a real trust moment where, and and I was so transparent. I'm like, I've never done in Bali before. It's my first retreat, but if you game, I'll hold the space. I'll hold your hand. I'll do whatever it takes. And it was, it was just a really beautiful um, way to start up because it was very heart based. And I think that um, because I am so intuitive, when you're mixing intuition and business, that's where the rubber really hits the road. And that's where for me, it gets really exciting. Um, it's all, it's always taken me from here to here. It's been that magic source that's really enabled me to go for it. And it's always just felt good. And if it, if it feels really good in the body and it's a yes, then I'm like, okay, go, let's go for it. So, um, my husband and I sold, we had a property back in Australia and we sold that to finance the business. And um, everyone that was booking in with retreats, I'd just say, okay, you need a deposit. And that was, I was literally buying things with that money because we didn't have capital or investors or anything. And I want, I really wanted to do it on my own as well. There was something that 
was because because we had the opportunity to have um, capital and investment. And people like I, I want to invest. I was like, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. We're gonna do it on our own. So um, it took us a couple of years to find the right place in Bali. In the interim of there, I was just renting a space. So there's lots of beautiful villas here um, that are set up for retreats. So we just go in and, and we'd rent the place for seven nights, 10 nights, but we never had a location. And then that just happened, um, yeah, eight years ago. So it was two years into, into the journey. We got our little home. And we're just actually, we've just finished the, at that place and we're building our retreat centre now. So because of the whole Corona thing and, and COVID thing, yeah. <laughs> Bali's been completely shut down like the rest of the world. We had to make some big changes. So we, we ended up closing uh, that retreat centre after eight years and right now we're in construction of building our our own so it's it's the next the next level is happening now oh how exciting that's super yeah exciting. wow your own little baby home like that's really that's awesome yeah it just means yeah. you're going to be in bali for a lot longer then yeah well we'll We'll see. I say, people always say, how, how, why are you doing that? I'm like, I don't, I really don't know. I'm just, I'm here right now. It feels good. Um, and yeah, for, for a while, I would say. You know, you know, I think you're the perfect person, Kate, to talk about this. I don't know if you've heard about a product called um, Poopery. Have you heard of a product called Poopery? No. So it's, it's this lady who wanted to be in business, wanted to be in business, was starting, was starting something and it would fail, start to be and fail. And then she said, you know what, business is not for me. So she goes away and she's at a party one time. Okay, this is going to sound a bit disgusting, but it's a, it's a good ending. She goes to this party and it's, it's all about intuition. She goes to this party and someone go uses the bathroom and there is a horrible smell throughout the lounge room. And instead of people like putting up their nose and going, oh my God, that's disgusting. She thinks, I wonder if I could create something to stop a bathroom from smelling after someone's gone. And she's thinking about this, thinking about it, she goes, I'm going to jump on this. And so the next day she goes and she creates this concoction called poopery where you spray it in the bathroom and it stops any odor from coming, coming out. Now, why, the reason I bring this up and the reason why this lady is because um, she kept saying that throughout her whole life, she wanted a successful business and she worked and she pumped and she just gave it all. And this particular business, everyone was like, that's disgusting. And she, she said, it just felt right. And it was, yeah. and in the first year, she made like $4 million from this crazy little thing called Poopery. Now, I bring that up with you, Kate, because when you say it felt right in your body, and that's exactly how mm. she expressed it. And she's not an intuitive, she's not anything, but she just said, there's this feeling I had in my body where I had to work on this now. Like, I'm not gonna sleep on it. I had to do something. How, for those of us who haven't felt that, <laughs> yeah. have, you know, are waiting to feel that, that, that feeling. Is it the fact that every, 50, every day you're taking 15 minutes, morning and evening, to just tune up your internal organs and just feel things and just move with feeling rather than thought? Is that what's going on? Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's a conscious decision. But I think it's, for me, the way that I always describe it is, looking at the whole self, 
you know, not letting the mind guide the show, not letting the body guide the show, because we're more than our mind, we're more than our body. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at myself in terms of how I'm taking care of myself, my self-care, it's always on the level of mind, body and spirit. So it's like, am I exercising? Am I doing my yoga? Am I getting good nutrition? We all know what to eat. We know what to do to take our bodies healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then our mental health, you know, am I taking time out? Am I really nourished in that way? Am I intellectually stimulated? Am I calming down at night? And again, we have to look at that aspect of ourselves because that's where all the magic is. And like you said, so many of us miss it. Mm -hmm. And I loved that story that you shared because inspiration strikes anywhere mm-hmm. you know and and you you listen to any great artist or musician or anywhere where they're literally creating with that energy mm-hmm. it it doesn't happen all the time when we're between nine to ten when we're sitting at the cafe with our pen out you know it can be it's normally when we're in the shower yes. or you know we see an old man at the supermarket you know it's it's those moments but if you blink you'll miss them mm-hmm. and so like you said it's creating creating those moments where we can just sit in that energy so that we don't miss it when when it happens one there's this beautiful buddhist teaching and he says um you know we don't need the petrol at the petrol pump but we do need to go to the petrol pump to fill up so we don't practice meditation to be calm in that moment we practice meditation to get through the next 23 hours of the day yeah. And, and it's the same with inspiration. You know, it's like we need to keep ourselves full and inspired so that we are open. So those channels are open for us to grab those moments, you know, because she could have just gone, oh, that's disgusting and left the party. But now she's created her dream life. Exactly. But she, it was, a, it's so sliding doors moment. And like I said, if you blink, you miss them. So it's really creating out that space and that time. And even if nothing happens in that 15 minutes, you're still opening yourself up to possibility for the, for the other, you know, 23 and 45 minutes of the day. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's beautifully put, Kate. That's absolutely beautifully put. Do you find that um, with your work you do to, and and it's, it's going into different evolutions. Do you find that, you spend more time in the actual work of healing people or because running a business also requires sales and marketing. How much time are you spending sales and marketing? How much time do you versus any actually in the work itself? So I think with every single person who's ever started a business, when you start, you're literally wearing all the hats. Mm-hmm. You're, you're your media expert, your salesperson, your logistics person. I mean, I was doing all the emails. I was picking people up from the airport even. I'm like, you know, I didn't even think that I could get a driver to do that. Like I didn't, I, w- I did every single thing. And so Um, I'm really happy that I had that experience too, because I know the muscle and grit it takes to really run a business. And, um, and I also learned what I'm good at and what I'm not good at pretty quickly. Mm. And so now, um, I'm fortunate to have the, um, 
experience where I can just really stay in my genius zone. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is when I'm working one-on-one with people, when I'm teaching, um, when I'm, I'm speaking, I don't do so much of the sales and marketing and, and the background anymore. I've built a whole team around that. But in saying that, that's taken me 10 years as well. Yeah. So, you know, it takes time. And um, that's what I always say to people when they're starting out, like, don't expect it all just to happen overnight because mm-hmm. it looks like that way on Instagram, but yeah. behind that one post or all of those followers or that YouTube video is literally decades yeah. of work. Absolutely. So, totally. yeah, I'm very, yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate now um, to be to be in that position where I can just do what I really really love and and what really nourishes me and I think as well being a mum and being a working mum whatever is going to pull me away from my children has to really fill me up as well because if 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 what's pulling me away is draining me is um, exhausting me is overwhelming me then I'm not going to be good when I go back to them and then it's just this domino effect. My whole family suffers, my relationships suffer. It's not worth it. Yeah. So I love being a mom. It's, it's the greatest thing ever. And I really love my work. So it's whatever is pulling me away out of each of those, it has to fill me up too so that I can keep myself feeling really good yeah. for, both, for both parties. Did it ever come to a point where in the past 10 years where you just thought, you know, I love what I do, but am I even good as is the business thing? Because business is a lot of work that you do. If you've never been in business, when you enter the business field, then there's stuff that you did not expect that takes everything that you put to a timeline takes a lot longer than the timeline that you put. I mean, wouldn't you like... Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, when you look at my degrees and and what I studied, I'm a health practitioner. I've got bachelor's in health science. I didn't know about accounting, about books, Mm. about, um, you know, growing lists and and now, and and the landscape changes so much. I mean, algorithms and, you know, TikTok. I mean, I I still don't know what that is, but there's just like, there's always new things all the time and you really have to keep your finger on the pulse. And that takes a lot of energy. Mm. And so for me, um, yeah, I was really under the assumption that if you're good at what you do, you'll just shine out in the world. But it's not true. You need that, you need that business muscle. Mm. And whether, it's, whether you have that or whether you partner with someone that can help you with that, you need it because you could be the best mm. person at whatever you do in the entire world. But if no one knows about you, then... it's it's there's there's no point so yeah I I I love the business side of things I really really do I really um love like creating and being around different types of people but I'm also I know what I'm good at now as well and so I kind of I I peek over but I stick in my lane (laughs) um yeah and it's really important for me to be in a team as well and you know they say be around people that really inspire you and and make you want to be better and that's definitely been a huge part of my journey as well is creating a team around me which are just that so awesome and so fantastic and getting to work with these people every day is it's a real blessing wow that's beautiful do you work everyone works from home or do you guys have a central place that you work from 
So um, we, we had our retreat center when pre-COVID <laughs> and um, we would all work from there. We have some freelancers that do marketing and, and we have online programs as well. And, and some of them work from home. But now, because we're not doing in-person retreats at the moment, mm -hmm. um, and everyone's kind of scattered all over the world. So we're running our online programs and we're doing a lot of distance stuff. But yeah, at the moment we're all we're all at home, oh, which is okay. yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. interesting. <laughs> interesting times. Yeah. Well, just as you say, you've got to pivot, and that's part of the business landscape. Nobody prepared for for this kind of a pivot. Uh, but that's right. It's 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 the grit that comes into it. Um, I wanted to ask you now, you've worked with, as I said, mentioned before, royal families, members of celebrities and hostage negotiators and homeless, <laughs> homeless children. And that's great. But how did hostage negotiators come in the picture? Oh, it's so funny. Um, you know, when, when someone comes and has an experience, so the retreats we run um, are predominantly detox and fasting and we do a lot of yoga, a lot of meditation and really for people who are in, um, they're either in a burnout or overwhelmed situation or they're, they're at a crossroads, you know, a lot of mothers whose kids have just left home, a lot of people going through divorce or redundancy or um, grieving or even people feeling amazingly healthy and they're like, I just don't know what I'm meant to do with my life. It's carving out that time, getting the body clear getting the mind clear and really connecting in and so that energy creates you know various people from all walks of life I mean we have people from all over the world from ages 18 to I think our oldest was 78 wow. so and, and when they're sitting at the table um because every evening we have a broth soup and everyone sits around the table and we have a, a sharing space you would never put these people in the same room again, ever. And so um, a beautiful lady had come and she was working for the UN and she was a hostage negotiator. Um, she was very, very burnt out and just had been in one too many traumatic experiences wow. in her line of work. And so she came and I worked with her. Um, we had a great experience. I continued working with her when she went home. And then she went back to the UN and then all of these people started to come because everyone needs a space where you can go and just take the masks off yeah. and be vulnerable and just let it all go and, and be held, be held in that as well. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting watching the, the trickle and the, um, you know, even how people find out about us, like there's a, there's some amazing stories where someone sat next to someone at a plane or, you know, someone found out my business card, um, on the, um, the, you know, what's it called? The luggage transport oh wheel God. thing at the airport randomly in some weird country that I've never, ever been to. Like there's so many serendipitous moments like that, that have happened. Yeah. I've got to ask you, Kate, when someone comes to you, and obviously one of the reasons they're coming is, like, as you said, beautifully said, taking off these masks. When they finally come and get vulnerable and just get really real and raw and are needing to take off the masks to just get really clear within themselves, is your advice 
to, because once you go back and be a negotiator, once you go back into the world being who your identity, is your advice to keep that mask off as much as possible? Or is it, there's times when you put the mask on and there's times when you've got to just, you know, how, what's your advice to people? I think it's, um, it comes back to why, what's your intention for wearing the mask? So many masks that we wear is how we think we should show up in the world. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's, oh, you're a woman, you've got to look a certain way, mm. or, you know, you're this age, you can't be doing anything like, and, and these are the, the types of um, conditioning restrictions that, that we have and, and we sink into. And so if that is restricting what you're really here to do, then it becomes a problem. But if you're, if you're free and you're open, you're feeling really good, everything's flowing in your life, you're really genuinely happy. I mean, not 24 hours of the day because that's not realistic. But if, if you're feeling really good, then you don't really need to, to kind of wear that armor, if that makes sense. So I always say to people, you know, anyone can come and do a retreat. That's the easy part. You know, anyone can take 10 days off and go to Bali or go to Mexico or Costa Rica or some beautiful location and do a retreat. The real work starts, as you said, when you go back home, mm -hmm. when you're around your family, when you're around all your trigger points, when you're back in your job. And that, that's where the rubber really hits the road. So, um, so I really work with people in that integration in that integration period mm -hmm. because if you go and do a retreat or not even a retreat like just you know have a beautiful weekend away and then back to work monday morning and nothing has changed mm -hmm. you're still tired you're still exhausted you're still worried about money or whatever it is um then what was the point of that weekend mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's a, it's about really dipping into those deeper layers of like, what am I here to do? What really lights me up? What's going to make me happy, yeah. you know? And, and I think that it requires space to ask yourself those questions. Beautiful, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And the reason why I ask is because I'm looking at you right now, and this is being very transparent here. I'm looking at you, you're sitting down, you're looking absolutely gorgeous with just your radiant skin. There's like, there's like hardly, there's hardly any makeup. I've got makeup on people. <laughs> <laughs> and you look gorgeous as well, Rita. And that's the difference I'm talking about. That's the difference I'm talking about where there is, I mean, this is not how I look. I've got makeup on, but you don't. And that's the beauty of what I'm seeing here is because you really, you really walk your talk. And it's, it's your the embodiment of that, which is why you had to leave where you were in the Gold Coast and get out to Bali because you weren't seeing that breadth of or the, the, your bandwidth could be stretched a lot more, but it wasn't happening there in the Gold Coast. If someone were looking into your, your world right now and wanted to start their own retreat, their own healing centre, their own studio, their own whatever, fill in the blank, what advice would you give someone embarking on that journey right now like what are the pitfalls they've got to watch out for what are the things they just have to have in place to make sure that they have the grit to go through the journey well i think thank you for saying that first of all i think that um you know people always say to me you're so lucky you get to live in bali and da, 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 da. and i say these are conscious choices mm -hmm. that i've made 
you know, I sat down and I was like, how do I want my life to look? What, what, what's really important to me? What are my core values? What's going to light me up, you know? And if we don't really look at that, then we're always just on the treadmill and we're, we just, we just go through life and, and I've seen it time and time again, you know, we talk about the midlife crisis and now it's like the quarter life crisis. People are going through it so much earlier when they have that identity breakdown. Mm. And so I was just, I, it's so important for me to continue checking in with myself. Am I happy? Is this right? And, and now being a mum, it's like, is this right for my kids? Is this right for the whole family? And so um, I think that that's a, that's a big part of it. And I, I love that you brought that up. If someone wanted to go and start a retreat or a yoga center or anything, whatever, whatever they wanted to do, my advice would be why, why, why do you want to go and do that? First of all, because if you don't know your why, then you're going to get lost in the darkness mm. because it is hard. You know, and I don't want to sugarcoat anything. You know, I've had moments where I've been bawling on my bathroom floor, just going, what am I doing? I've had, you know, more falls from graces than anyone that I know. But what was that light at, on some of those darkest times was I knew what I was here to do. And I was able to hold that vision even when no one else around me did, even when, you know, um, like it, it happens in businesses like life. Shit's gonna happen. Sorry, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 that, no. Oh, good, oh, good, oh, good. You know, it's not sunshine and unicorn and rainbows every day. And business is exactly the same. We can't go into this thinking, I'm gonna start here and I'm gonna end up here. And and that's it's it's like this. Mm. It's like this every single day. But if you know your why, then then that is one piece of the puzzle that you can really hold on to. I think the second piece, and this is where I see most people really fall down, you know, when I'm mentoring, I'm, I mentor a lot of business entrepreneurs, is they don't believe in themselves. And they start to listen to that voice that says, you can't do this, you're not good enough, there's so many other people that are better than you, there is, you know, blah, 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 blah. And if you start listening to that voice, then you get in real trouble. Mm. And that's not the actual truth, you know? And, and if you can hold that space of power within yourself, meaning, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I've, I've got a big heart and I'm ready to jump into this and I'm gonna be brave and I'm gonna roll up my sleeves and I'll do whatever it takes. The universe listens to that. It listens to that, to that energy. Whereas if, if you're, you know, scrolling through social media and comparing yourself to everyone and you're just, you're limiting your essence, you're limiting your potential and your ability. Mm -hmm. And so I see a lot of people, they, they fall down when they start to get out of that empowered state. And I think the key to staying there is to have support you know, is really have support around you, have people that believe in you, have people that can remind you of who you are when you forget, have mentors, have coaches, have whatever it takes to, for you to stay in that place of this is, this is who I am and, and this is my, my message to the world. Because the reality is there's billions of us on this planet, billions, but there's only one you. 
Mm. And that alone makes us so unique and so special. There's mm. only one of us with our unique gifts, our voice, our way of seeing things. Mm. And so there could be thousands of people. I mean, there's so many health practitioners and retreats and yoga teachers and everything now, but no one does it the way that I do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you become more you in the process, then it's a, it's a really beautiful journey to go on for any, for any business owner. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So know your why and have your support around you. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And stay and stay in that empowered state. Mm. You know, it's beautiful that you brought up being empowered. I read a quote just yesterday and it said, comparison is either feeding yourself pride because you think you're better than someone or it's either feeding your defeat mentality because now you feel lower yeah. than someone. So comparison yeah. is just doing nothing for any part of the soul. It's just really inflating the ego or just deflating you with defeat and it just leaves you numb and vacant. Really, because that's yes. what and it's just so easy to do because it's just so like on in the palm of our hands that we get to do. Yeah, but it takes. Yeah, are you on social media a lot? I I I was um, a lot more, but I found that it really wasn't healthy for me mm. um, just to be in in you know because of course like I feel comparison I feel jealousy I'm like oh like I go everyone goes through that it's not like you stay in this like mm -hmm. I'm amazing state all the time you got to work to be in that so um I was finding myself getting in scroll holes and I'd end up on I don't know Chris Hemsworth Instagram and I'm like why did I just spend 40 minutes looking at this this is this has not helped my life in any way shape or form so um I'm very strict about it now so I'm um, I'm on it um I do 20 minutes in the morning 20 minutes midday and 20 minutes at night and because I do I love connecting with people um you know, posting things that inspire me or things that make me laugh, especially these days, you know, I think we, we need positivity. We need yeah. those little like hits yeah. of, yeah. you know, beauty in the world. So I, I do like it, but I am, I am strict around it as well. Another part of that is just, um, I hate being on my phone when I'm around my kids. And so I don't want them to see me on my phone yeah. all the time. Yeah. So when I, I check and I'm like, okay, this is the time I'm on social media and then I'll be like, okay, it's off now. And then the phone goes away. So setting those boundaries um, really helped my mental health, I would say. Oh, that's fantastic. No, that, that's uh, yeah. coming from a, a healing expert. I'm taking that on board. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I mean, it, it, advice is different depending on who it comes from and from someone who actually helps people just to get connect with themselves. It's, it's a big deal coming from you because that's what, exactly what you do. It's interesting that you brought up your kids because my question would be, how do you try and instill a sense of wholeness, intuition in your kids? Do you do anything to have that be seeded in, in them and let it flourish? You know, I'm still learning and growing every single day. Um, my children are five and three. And like oh, you said, I've got one in the womb at the moment. So they're very, very young. And I feel like I'm still kind of in my training wheels being a mama. But one, a, a lady said to me when Ruby, my eldest daughter, was about six months old, she said, your job is not to raise her. Your job is to guide her. And that really shifted things for me because 
it was, um, I don't hide anything from them. If that makes sense. Like if I'm upset or angry, I let them see me be upset and angry. And, and then we'll, we'll talk about things later on where before I'd be like, it's okay. Mommy's fine. Everything's okay. It's no problem here. And because that's, you know, that's what, what I had growing up was like, you know, this, this, um, house, which was very expressive and, and very safe and very beautiful, but also everything's fine. Everything's mm. fine. Mm. And everything's not fine all the time, you know? And so if I'm crying or if something's happened, I'll let them be in that space with me. I won't wipe away my tears or try to avoid them feeling any pain. I'll just say, yeah, mommy's upset at the moment or I'm really angry because this happened. And I think just showing them me in all aspects as well is, is something that I really try and live by. Um, of course, I mean, they, I don't tell them everything. We don't, you know, <laughs> talk about family finances over dinner or things like that, but just, just letting them see me and yeah, being really, really open, I think is. I'd like you say yeah. without the mask. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, I mean, they, my, I, I work abroad a lot, so they've been to like over 15 countries or something already. They've seen so much of the world and they've, they've had so many experiences. So, um, yeah, I think it's just beautiful. They've got that curiosity, little children. And I feel like they're my teacher, you know, every day. I'm like, I'm, I'm a student to this whole thing. And, wow. you know, it's, it's wow. been the, the, yeah, it's been a great journey. And, that, and with your travels, that's with putting on workshops and speaking. Is that what it is? Yeah, so I have um, a lot of clients that I kind of go and see around the world, which is amazing. Yes. And um, we, we just started to open up. So we run retreats in Bali all year round and we run retreats in Australia as well. And we just started to open up to Europe last year, which was really exciting. Um, but unfortunately this year we couldn't do any. So yeah, just speaking and, um, running retreats and, and also working with private clients as well. And the private yeah. clients find out about you through your retreats is because if someone is looking, well, how do you get access to that? Is that just the marketing that you're doing? Is that just through the work that you're doing one-on-one and people talk and it's referrals? How does that work? Yeah, most of it is word of mouth and, and referrals. So um, I work, I, I have a, a lot of different ways that people can work with me. So sometimes it, it might just be a one-on-one -on -one healing session or, or a nutrition session. And then I have um, my elite clients, which I, I'm with them for six months. Wow. So I really, I hold their hand and I guide them through a process. And, and it's not a set... Um, month one is this, month two is that. It's like, okay, what do you need? It's very tailored and it's very for the individual. So um, like athletes and, you know, CEOs and, and people, I would say in high performing roles, yeah. whatever that means to them, yeah. um, they're, they're the type of people I work with on that level. Yeah. And it's really just going through, going through what they're going through with them and being that guide and support for them. Beautiful. Okay, yeah. if someone who wants to actually go to one of your retreats in Australia, in Europe, in Bali, get you out to a speaking engagement, be a client of yours, where can they go? 
Um, my website is my name, katereardon.com.au, and my retreat is naturalinstincthealing.com. So all our all our dates and everything are on there. But yeah, anyone can reach out at any time. I'm so so open to meeting new people and new experiences. I I love it. It's just it's it's such a gift. Wonderful. Last question, Kate. Last question. You've written a best-selling book, The Essential Cleanse. Where on earth do you find the time to be a mummy to two little babies, be pregnant, run a, do a speaking engagement, fun retreats, and have natural healing instinct, but and then write a book like, well, 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 fall down. <laughs> I know. I, I, I know. Well, in all honesty, my book was written before I had my first child. And so um, it, I was in the editing processes when I gave birth and then it came out, it was published um, the week before her first birthday. Oh. So it was kind of like my, my babies were coming out at the same time. <laughs> it is like a baby. Given birth I know. Baby, yeah. There's a lot of yeah. love going into that thing, yeah. That's right. That's right. I think, I think like I said before, you know, I, I know what energises me. I know what makes me feel really good. And if I'm taking good care of my body, my mental health, getting sleep, all of that kind of stuff, then, then I'm able to really show up. And I just, I do, I do the stuff that really light me up. You know, mm -hmm. I could, I... I'm writing my second book at the moment and I spent, you know, I went to bed at 3am the other morning and I was so excited writing and I was like, Oh, I'm going to suffer with this tomorrow. I was already thinking about the coffee I was having in the morning and I woke up and I felt fine. It was like I had 10 hours sleep at night. And so um, I think that if you're, if you're following that, that creative passion and drive you still need to take care of yourself of course but it does it does give you a little bit more juice in the tank that you're able to squeeze out when you need it i love that i love that and on that note kate i want to thank you so sincerely for joining us on the podcast sharing your journey of creating this beautiful center and being able to just be an example a role model of of just being a holistic practitioner in, in the total sense of it. You, you mentioned GP before that you get to see them for three to seven minutes and really to know that that wasn't for you and to create a new model of being of service. Thank you so much for showing what an inspiration you can be and how we can learn from you. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Rita. It was so beautiful to spend this time with you. 100%. Ditto. Ditto. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for listening in and joining us on the Unbox You Give podcast. We'll see you on the very, very next episode. God bless.